Praise the Lord. I have a small favor to ask you. Is it okay if we can stand on our feet? If you noticed the worship time, it was about the Holy Spirit. I want you to just lift up your hands this afternoon to God and say, God, meet me at my point of need. Whatever you have in store, whatever you have in store, I will open my heart, I will open my mind, and I want you to minister to me. Help me not to be the same again as I walked in. Help me to go forth rejoicing, empowered by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will take control of everyone today. According to the desire of their heart, you will meet them today. And according to the plans and the purposes you have for them, Father, the plan that you have for us, let it be manifested today, Lord God, for the glory of your name alone. Father, I pray that there will be no disturbance, no hindrance, Lord God, in any way, Lord God, that will disturb us, Father. Father, saturate this place, Lord God, that your children will be totally, Lord God, committed to hear your word today. And I pray that every word that goes forth today which you have ordained will not return void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which it goes forth. It will bear fruit today, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Before I could uh, come with God's word today to you, I just want to share a quick testimony as to what the Lord did this week in my life. I just want to share that and Are you there, brother? Okay. Thank you. I just want to share a quick testimony this week, what happened to me. You remember the last time that I stood here, when I was giving the message, I could not even enter, I could not even walk into the sanctuary, but the moment I put my foot, God healed me. And I've noticed it every time, every time, it's not something new, but every time when God is preparing me to share the word, the enemy always tries to come against to stop me from preparing and to preach God's word. And I know what he does to us. He does it to all of us. Whenever we are going into battle, the enemy always raises up our standard to, to hit us or to, to take us away. But God is good. That's the car that I was driving. I was driving a few days ago while going to work. I met with an accident, a very severe accident. I thank God for the accident. I thank God for the accident because in everything that happens in our life, it's only for our good that God turns it around. Amen. Amen. That's what happened. I was coming on the highway and suddenly the man in front of me jammed brakes for no reason. For no reason. I don't know whether he was on his phone. I do not know. It's just not. not. And I slammed into him. My vehicle went right under his four-wheel drive. According to the mechanic, he says, oh, because you had a four-wheel, because you had a Ford car, you were protected. Oh, you had airbags, you were protected. And our dear pastor was telling me, it has nothing to do with that. It's because you had the presence of the Lord that you were protected. 
if God is with you, nothing can touch you. Nothing. But I need to share this. I thought I will not tell you this because I don't want you to make the same mistake what I did. But two weeks ago, I was praying and I said, Lord, my insurance is coming to an end. This car is going to give me a lot of expense. Ford car. If I touch the window, I have to change the door. If I only touch the window, what am I going to do? I don't have the money. Can you give me another car, please? I don't want to be covetous because that's wrong. I don't want to, I don't want to covet anyone else's car. But can you take care of my need? And he took care of it. I'm getting a new car. <laughs> now, don't pray the same thing over your wife, okay? <laughs> right. Today, <clears throat> I want my desires to bring a series of messages. You notice that in 2014 and 15, I spoke on the book of James for two years. And then in 16 and 17, I spoke on faith. And the Lord ministered to me to bring this word, which I had, if you remember, all of you, anyone remembers the last time when Sudhi, Brother Sudhir spoke on the night vigil on the Holy Spirit? Can I see your hands? Yes. That night, I made a commitment that I'm going to speak a series of studies on the Holy Spirit because one hour is not enough for somebody to talk about the Holy Spirit. You can't. No matter what you do, you can't do it. And I want to continue from there. But for two, for almost two years, I've been waiting and asking the Lord, when is it? And God said, you be quiet. You prepare and I will give you the word. When the precept came for, the, for, the, for this year, that was my first wake-up call. And when, when Pastor Leslie, along with the council, decided to have the book of Acts as a study, I said, Lord, now you have told me it's time. It's time to talk on this subject. And the Holy Spirit, I'm titling today's message as Spiritual Empowerment of the Church. And this is part one that I'm going to take. If God keeps me here, as long as he keeps me here, this will be my studies for maybe, I don't know how long we will study on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the central theme of the New Testament church, and this theme concerns every Christian. I have one more request. If at any time, normally in church, you tend to lean and you go off your phone as if you're looking at the Bible and you go to your WhatsApp, please don't do it today. Whatever you do, make sure you concentrate, because today God is going to set you free. Amen? God is going to teach you. Because from the time worship took place, I want you to keep your, your, yourselves free. Because the Holy Spirit is going to move. He can move anytime. Did not he move when Peter was just talking and he took control and he took over? It can happen even today. Even though I'm expecting later on, but the Holy Spirit can take control anytime. Amen? So, that's number one. Number two, please be vigilant. Use the word of God. Concentrate. As you're waiting, just keep telling yourself, Lord, I'm ready today. I want you to move today. I have been waiting a long time for this. I want you to empower me today. Amen? So this part one is, I'm going to say, the Holy Spirit manifests himself in nine supernatural gifts to a child of God, basically for the benefit of the church. Basically, for the benefit of the 
church. First and foremost, every believer or a Christian is expected to receive the Holy Spirit. If you are a child of God, you are expected to receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, you are expected to receive the empowerment of the Spirit in your lives. You must as a child of God. But very sadly in the church today, there's so much of chaos and there's so much happening between the evangelical church, between the Pentecostal church, and between the charismatic church, there's a great deal of confusion and misunderstanding as to what it means to receive the Holy Spirit. There's a big debate going on and it's still on. Example, let me give you two examples. The Baptists, they say, I have received the Holy Spirit the moment I gave my life to Christ or when I was born again and there is nothing more to receive. I have it all. That's the belief of the Baptist. On the other, on the other side, we, we guys, the Pentecostals, they will say, no, you have not received the Holy Spirit when you were born again until you were baptized in the Holy Spirit and you are speaking in tongues. If I don't hear you speak in tongues, you have not received it. That's what the Pentecostal will say. But ultimately, they end up arguing, disagreeing with each other. But if you look very carefully at this topic, I want you to pay very careful attention today because don't miss it and don't misquote me. You will notice that each of them are partly right and partly wrong. Each of them are partly right and partly wrong. But in the matter of fact, in the New Testament, there are two different ways in which people receive the Holy Spirit. There are two different ways. And when we understand these two ways, there is no more confusion among brethren. And that's what we are going to see today. We are going to go back to the foundation of the scriptures and look at two events. That's where I'm going to start. I'm going to look at two events that took place in the Bible to distinguish between them. We will have a very clear idea once we study these two events that took place. And first, we are going to look on two Sundays in the scriptures. I'm going to look at two Sundays in the scripture and these two historical events that took place. Number one, we are going to look at the Resurrection Sunday. And number two, which we're going to see another Sunday, which took seven weeks later. Seven weeks later, there was another Sunday, and that's the Pentecostal Sunday. So these are the two Sundays that we are going to concentrate today for today's Bible study or today's message. We must understand that the disciples on the day of the Resurrection Sunday had a very unique experience, the disciples. And again, on the Pentecost Sunday, the disciples along with other believers had another unique experience. So there are two types of experience that took place, one with the disciples, one disciples and the believers. When you understand these two events, you might ask yourself a question. That's the question you will ask. You will ask, have I received the Holy Spirit or... Is there something more for me to receive? Is a question you will ask. So let us go first to the Resurrection Sunday. What took place on Resurrection Sunday? And let us turn our Bibles to John chapter 20. 
John chapter 20, we are going to see what happened on the first Sunday when Jesus appeared to his disciples in a group after his resurrection. You have your Bibles. If there's anybody you don't have a Bible, and if you're new to the church and if you want your Bible, just put up your hands. Maybe one of the ushers will see you. They will pass on a Bible. If you are a Christian, that should not be the case. But if you do have not have a Bible, there's one here. Thank you. If anyone else, if you need a Bible. Now, those of you who do not have a Bible, I kindly request you to see the person on your right or left and share the word of God with them. Let us go to the scripture. John chapter 20, and we will look at verse 19 to 22. 19 to 22. The Bible says, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. The first time Jesus said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, I, I, I went a step ahead. There's a a prayer request, so I don't forget. My wife was in the hospital the other day, and she met a boy by the name of Vignesh. Vignesh is doing his last year of his college, and he's supposed to be finishing his exams now. While he was doing his studies, um, his friends told him, is it possible if you can just get us some food? It was 3 o'clock in the morning. They were all studying to together, and Vignesh said, okay, I will go get the food for you. And as he stepped out of the college dormitory, he went to the road, and a car hit Vignesh. Part of his skull has come out. His skull is kept separately. There's a swelling. And the boy cannot move, can't talk, nothing. Vignesh is now in a very bad state. They have taken him to various hospitals. It's so sad. He comes from a small town called Namakal in Tamil Nadu. He's the only earning member of his family. They have spent everything, and now the students of that college are joining together to get treatment for this boy. So can we just take a, a, a minute to pray for this boy? Because my wife promised him that today at 12 o'clock we are going to pray for you in Oman. Can we lift up this boy, Vignesh, and say, God, meet him at his point of need. Meet him at his point of need. Maybe he doesn't have the substance, no money, but he has you. And the promise has been given that today, bread of life is going to lift him up into the throne room of grace. Father, whatever has happened to this child, Lord, his parents would have been waiting for this boy to finish his exams, Lord God. And they would have had a lot of ideas, Lord God. But today we pray, Father, give discernments to the doctors. Give discernments to the doctors that they will do the operation right. And this boy, Lord God, will recover, Lord God. Father, supply their needs, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I apologize for that. And then he said to them, he, said, he breathed unto them, and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Please mark that, breathe on them, and the other word, receive the Holy Spirit. So at that time, each of the disciples received the Holy Spirit. You got it now? 
when Jesus had an encounter with them, they received the Holy Spirit. That's what the Word of God says, and we cannot contradict it. My understanding is that at this point, pay attention, the disciples passed from the Old Covenant, from the Old Testament salvation into the New Testament salvation at this point of time. Old Testament salvation into the New Testament salvation. We must understand one thing. There were people in the Old Testament, they were saved by faith in a sacrifice that has still not been offered. They were waiting for it. But it was promised through prophecies and types that their faith was looking forward for something that was still not, it was incomplete. That's the reason they were offering the bulls and the rams and the goats for their, for their sin offering. But in the New Testament, we are saved through faith and a sacrifice that is Jesus Christ dying on the cross, which is an historical event. And Jesus said while he was on the cross, it is finished. Amen? The sacrifices that we are looking forward to, it is finished. The sacrifice of the old covenant has come to an end. Amen? The suffering and the agony in redeeming man was over. The work long contemplated, the work long promised, the work long expected by prophets and saints has come to an end. Jesus fully met the righteous demand of the law. He paid the debt in full. Amen? Now, none of the Old Testament sacrifice could take away sin. They only covered sin. You must understand that. All the sacrifices only covered sin. They could not take away sin. But the Lamb of God shed His blood. That blood can take away the sins of the world. Amen? So now we look back at the finished work of Christ on the cross, the finished work of Christ on the cross through His death, through His burial, and through His resurrection. To understand the work of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit worked, we first must understand what was accomplished on the cross. Now in order to experience the New Testament salvation, we are going to see two things. What Paul says, turn quickly to Romans chapter 10, and we look at two st the statement that Paul made in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. The Bible says, Romans 10, verse 9. If you have a Bible, please mark it in your Bible. It says that if you confess with your mouth, number one, what you need to do? You need to confess with your mouth. First thing is confession. And confession of what? Jesus is Lord. That's your first confession you need to make, that Jesus is Lord. And when you make that confession, you believe in your heart now, what? That God raised him from the dead and you are? You understand that? So for the New Testament salvation, there is two requirements. Number one, confession that Jesus is Lord. Number two, that God raised him from the dead. Now please understand, up to the death of Christ, the disciples walked and lived with him, knew him as Lord, but never experienced the resurrected Lord. They walked with him, they knew him, everything, but they never experienced the resurrected Lord 
until it happened in the upper room. Now, these disciples passed from the Old Testament dispensation into the New Dispensation. And this happened only when they encountered the resurrected Lord, not before that. Even though they walked with Him, it didn't happen only on that time, that night, when they experienced the resurrected Lord in the upper room, they passed from the old dispensation into the new dispensation. Amen? So when Jesus said, receive the Holy Spirit, what did He mean? It means, He says, receive the holy breath. Receive the holy breath. They now are a part of a new generation or a new creation. A new creation in Christ. For a moment, I want us to quickly go back to the creation. In order to understand why this is holy breath, I'm going to show you. We need to go back to the creation. In creation, when God formed a lump of clay, when he formed the lump of clay in the garden, in order to make that clay alive, to bring uh, life into it, God breathed into that clay. He, when you say the word breathe, means he blew. <sighs> he breathed into that clay. That clay now became a living soul. Have you seen that? That's what took place in the Garden of Eden. Now we see the new creation follow the same pattern from the old the new creation following the same pattern which took place in the garden, but now it's not God the Father, but now we see God the Son blowing into them the holy breath. The same type of the old, now we see the resurrected Savior blowing a holy breath into these disciples. He now passed from death, who has come out of the tomb, Jesus breathed into his disciples, and what did he breathe into his disciples? Number one, he breathed into them a total victorious life. Number one, a life that is totally victorious because he was victorious. And number two, a life that has conquered sin, a life that has conquered Satan, a life that has conquered death, a life that has conquered the grave. That's what he was now breathing into his disciples. This is the breath of the resurrected Savior. Amen? I believe this is a pattern for everybody who is entering into salvation. I do not believe that you can be saved without Jesus. Please understand, I do not believe that you can be saved without meeting Jesus. It is only through Christ there is salvation. Because Jesus said, I am the door. Brethren, please pay attention. It is only through Christ can you attain salvation. He says, I am the door. If any man shall enter through me, he shall be saved. So it is only through Christ we have salvation. Brethren, it is not by by keeping or maintaining doctrine, but by having an encounter with Christ and receive from Him the holy breath of God, which it is the Holy Spirit, and become a new creation, we now pass from death to life. Amen? I do remember in 1990, 
in this same church, not in this place, but in the previous church, in 1919 on that night, when I met Jesus and I gave my life to him, I never knew anything about salvation. I had no knowledge about doctrine. I, I never knew what it is to be saved or to be born again. I never knew anything. But that night, when I met Jesus, I believed one thing. I believed that he died for my sins. I believed that he was buried. I believed that he rose again. And I believed that he is coming back to take me home. That's all I believed. And later on, I learned the doctrine. Later on, I learned the doctrine. Many of us are going with doctrine, 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 but there's no obedience. Doctrine without obedience is dead. You need both. First, you need to know Christ and then learn the doctrine. The doctrine will follow. Don't put the cart in front of the, uh, in front of the cow. Don't do that. Brethren, today, if you, as the Lord is ministering to you, and if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, don't be afraid. You can just come to the front at any time during the message. Don't wait till the end. If you feel I need to have an encounter with him today, just walk to the front. One of the leaders will pray with you. The service will continue. We will not stop. Do not let anything stop you from entering heaven today. Wow. Are you awake? Can I hear an amen? amen. If you're sleeping, say amen. amen. Praise God. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Now, but having the Holy Spirit in our life is a transforming experience. Amen? On the day when the disciples met the resurrected Christ, they received the Holy Spirit to have a resurrected life. When they met the resurrected Christ, they came now to have a resurrected life. John says in John, 1 John 5 verses 4 and 6, when you go home, you can read it. Whoever is born of God, what, is, what happens to that person? Whoever is born of God, Pentecostals, come on. Oh, God bless you, my brother. He who is born of God overcomes the world. If you do not know the scripture, how are you going to overcome the world? You must understand at this point, the disciples received, pay attention, they, they, at this point, at the resurrected Sunday, they received divine, eternal, resurrected life, but, but they were lacking direction for ministry. Please pay attention. They, they received from Christ a divine, resurrected life, but they were lacking direction for ministry. Now, why do I say that? Why were they lacking direction for ministry? Because after this encounter in the upper room with Christ, what did Peter do? He says, guys, let us go back to fishing. Do you remember that? John chapter 21, verse 3. He says, let us go back to fishing. He still did not know God's destiny for his life yet. And at this point, they did not make any impact on Jerusalem. Even though having the breath of God given to them through Jesus, there was no impact in Jerusalem up to now. They were praying, which is true. They were praying, they were praising God, and nothing happened up to now in Jerusalem. Nobody knew. 
Sometimes we get born again, and when we come to know Christ, nobody knows about it. When the infilling takes place, you are powered up. The same thing, you must understand this. Now pay attention, Jesus told his disciples that this experience between the resurrection Sunday and his ascension into heaven, there is still more for them. That's what he told them. He told them, guys, you need to wait. You hear that word? You need to wait. The Holy Spirit will come upon you only when I ascend and I go to my Father. You need to wait. Look at Luke chapter 20, 24. Matthew, Luke 24, verses 48 to 49. Luke 24. Luke 24. And you are witnesses of these things. Now you are witnesses to these things, okay? Behold, mm. I send the promise of my Father upon you. I'm going to send my, the promise of my... My Father's promised you guys something, Okay. If you are obedient, you know that I am your Lord. You believe in me. You have seen that I am resurrected. You know that I am resurrected. Now my Father has promised you something because of your faith in me. Yes. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem. But wait in the city. Until you are endowed with power from on high. Where will the power come from? From am I. Jesus already breathed into them. But still he says, wait. The power will come from a bow. What Jesus was saying, the Father's promise will come only after I go to heaven. The power of the Holy Ghost was to communicate four particular purposes. We are going to look at the four purposes of what the Holy Spirit was supposed to communicate. Number one, that he might be in them. That the, see, all along in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was on the, on the prophets and the kings for a short time till they, they, they gave the word and then the Holy Spirit left. But here it is said that he will be in them and he and put his seal of sonship saying that you belong to the kingdom of God, number one. Number two of the work of the Holy Spirit, of his purpose, to sanctify them, how? Daily, so that they will be fit to be used by the master, a worthy vessel. They will be a worthy vessel to be used by the master, number two. And number three, stimulating their souls and always bringing to their remembrance what Jesus had spoken to them. You remember that? He was bringing to the remembrance everything that Jesus said. What is he doing now, the Holy Spirit? He is bringing to our remembrance on the Word of God. That's the reason it says, don't be afraid when you stand before the, anyone. I will give you the Word at the right time. What is that? The same thing. And number four, last one, it is empower them to become witnesses. Please pay attention. Empowering them to be witnesses and what? To overcome. The same is done for us. The empowering of the, of, the, of the Holy Ghost, number one criteria, is to become bold witnesses. Bold witnesses. But, in, but all this had still, now whatever is there on the screen, had still not taken place because Christ had still not ascended into heaven. Let us now look at three things. What Jesus said, what Peter said, 
and what Paul says. I'm going to show you three statements from the scripture. Let us look at what Christ says first. Number one, let us turn to Acts chapter 1 and let us look at verses 4 and 5. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. We're going to say all this did not take place because Christ had not sent it. The second promise was still to be fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Yes, my brother. Peter replied. And, be, and being assembled together with them, mm. he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, mm. but to wait for the promise of the Father. He says, wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, you have heard from me. I have spoken about this to you. Jesus is telling them, wait for the promise. Wait for the promise. Now let us look at what Peter says in Acts 2 verses 38. Acts 2 38. Peter says something. And that's what we are doing in our studies now. Peter replied, Acts 2 38. Each of you, look at this, each of you, this is individual, must turn from your sins. Number one, you need to turn from your sins. Number two, turn from your sins and turn towards God. Brother, the screen has gone off please. Turn from your sins and turn towards God. When you do these two things, the third thing you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Turn from your sins, turn towards God, be baptized in the name of Jesus. And now look at it. For the forgiveness of sins, then, that's the promise what Jesus is saying, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, let us see what Paul says. We've seen Jesus, we've seen Peter. What Paul says in Romans chapter 12, verse 6. Romans 12, verse 6. Romans 12, verse 6. Having the gifts differing according to the grace that one, is... One minute, brother. I'm reading from a different translation. We have different gifts. What it means? Pastor Abraham has got a gift. Pastor Leslie has got a gift. Pastor Sean has got a gift. Pastor Lakin has got a gift. All the leaders, all the members, each one, each of you have got, what is it? We have all received different gifts according to what? According to the grace given to us. Let, uh, let me ask you a question. If you are a rich man, the richest man in Oman, and you are going to select 10 people, you've got 10 people working under, under you, you're giving them all maybe 10,000 rials for each of you. Now, you know among the 10, there are four who are extra vigilant, very, very hardworking, great. Everything what he does, you tell them to do one thing, they will do three. You, before you give them the assignment, they come back. But there are other three guys who just get salary every month, very happy to get the salary, building homes, but doing nothing, just coming and going. And if you have the decision of, of blessing them, who will you give it to? The one who is being faithful. So according to us, different gifts according to the grace given because God knows what we will do with it. God knows how we will do it. But the Bible says for us to desire. We have to desire. We have to ask. We have to ask. Now, how many of us have the gift of speaking in languages and when pastor was leading in worship, we don't because we are afraid or we're shy. We have the gift of speaking, of testimony, of testifying of Christ. Do we do it? We don't. We are afraid. Do you remember what Pastor Leslie said the other day, the last time that he spoke in his office? He, didn't, he says, I don't know from where it came that when he went, he was talking to this person. So we need to have the courage to 
to operate in those gifts that God has given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. So we must understand that gifts are given according to the grace given to us. Now I finish the Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to move to the Pentecost Sunday. I have 30 minutes for that. Can we stand on our feet? We will sing this song as now we are going to move to, the, to a different level. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, come and make your presence known. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, come and make your presence known, reveal the glory of the living God. Can we raise our hands before the throne of grace? Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, Come and make your presence known, reveal the glory of the living God. Let the Sunday, I want the Pentecost experience to take place, Lord God. That which took place on that day, let it be manifested today, Father. Father, we open our hearts. We open ourselves, Lord God. We believe, Lord God, that today you're going to visit us in a supernatural way. Father, your church is ready. Cleanse us, Lord God. Wash away everything that is not of you so that we could be worthy vessels that you can fill us today, Lord God. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, we wait upon you to fill us today. 
Lord, give us the utterance, Lord God, to praise you. Give us the utterance to worship you. Give us the utterance to glorify your name, Lord God, today. Father, we want to praise you. May your name be glorified and honored, Lord God, today. For you are great, Father. You do miracles so great, Lord God. Your children are ready today, Father. Visit us one more time, Lord God. So that the name of Jesus will be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. We are going to look at Acts chapter 2 and see the fulfillment of the promise. We've seen what Christ did on the resurrected Sunday. Now we are going to look at the Pentecost Sunday and we are going to see what took place. Now on the Pentecost Sunday, I want to show you three sequence of events. What took place? Three sequence of events that took place on Pentecost Sunday. You must, you must pay attention to these three because this is the birth. Number one is we find immersion taking place. Now, what is immersion? This was from above. He says, I will send the Spirit. And the Spirit will come from above. Now, the Holy Spirit descended on them like a mighty wind. What did he do? He filled the place. The baptism means, baptism means to dip. When we are water by, baptized, we go into the water, we get immersed. Correct? But in the Holy Spirit baptism, the Holy Spirit comes and immerses us. We don't have to do anything. In the water baptism, we enter into the water. But in the Holy Spirit baptism, we wait and we say, Lord, here I am. Immerse me. And the Holy Spirit then comes and immerses you, number one. Number two is infilling. When he immerses you, he fills you you completely. Now, at this point of time, each of the disciples were filled. Amen? Everyone who were there were filled. Number three, when the filling takes place, what happens when you have a vessel and you keep it under the tap? It fills, it fills, it fills, and then it overflows. That's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost. They were being immersed by the Holy Spirit. He took control. He filled them. And as he was filling them, something took place. Whenever there is an infilling of the Holy Spirit taking place in your life, there will be an outflow. There will be an outflow. If the outflow is not taking place, then there is something that you need to ask God, I need the filling because I, there is no outflow. When a, when a cup of water is filled, it flows you cannot say it stops. Now, number one, what happens when the overflow takes place? The result of it causes things to happen. Number one, what did the disciples do? Number one is thanksgiving starts to come out. When the abundance of the heart speaks, the first thing you start praising God, thanking God, and worshiping God. These are the three things comes out from the abundance of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when the infilling is taking place, so when you are going to come forward this afternoon, if the Holy Spirit is going to move, that's his job. Our job is to come and wait. 
wait, and as the filling takes place, the three things that you need to do, start worshiping him. Start praising him. Amen? And start giving thanksgiving. That's the beginning. And then when you, when you open yourself and you give your tongue over to God, God will fill it. But if you close your tongue, nothing will happen. You need to open yourself and say, Lord, I open myself to you right now. Fill it. And he will fill that belly of yours. And out of that belly comes rivers of living water that will speak God's name. Now, from this, at this point, the disciples did three things happen. Number one, they manifested supernatural power. They manifested, number one, supernatural power. Now, in manifested... Brother, can you just please click? I'm not getting through. Okay, in manifested, what happened on the day of Pentecost... Everybody came to hear about it. In Resurrection Sunday, did anyone know about it? Nobody except the ones in the, in the room, correct? But in the day of Pentecost Sunday, it was known all over Jerusalem when the infilling took place. You got that? Everyone in Jerusalem knew about it. Number two, it was supernatural. Number one, manifested, everyone knew. Two, it was supernatural. People heard the disciples speak in their own language. It was manifested in a supernatural way, even though the disciples never knew what they were talking. Please pay attention now, it's very crucial. Even though the disciples never knew the, what they were talking, but the people, now, in this, in this occasion, there's something special that God did. In this one occasion. In this occasion, God wanted to meet the need of the different tribes of people outside, the 15 tribes of people waiting outside, instead of having different interpretations, God now met them at their point of need by the Holy Spirit interpreting what was being filled in the, in the disciples. That's the reason they all heard it in their own language. God took control at this time. And the Holy Spirit now in did the interpretation. What he does now, he fills one man of God or a woman of God to do the interpretation. Amen? But at that given occasion, the Holy Spirit said the need of the people was, these 15 tribes must hear it. So as they were praising God, amazingly, the Holy Spirit interpreted it to them. They all heard it in their own language. Amen? The Holy Spirit has given the same gift to the church today. For there to be interpretation. I'm not going to talk about interpretation, interpretation and tongues now. That's for a later message. I'm just giving you the basic. Now, I'm going to tell you two examples of the encounters that I've had on this. Number one, in American airport, there was a young old, I'm sorry, there was an elderly man sitting down in the transit lounge. And as he was waiting for his flight, another Mexican family with their grandmother were walking across and this lady, elderly lady, seen this man sitting very far away, and the Spirit of the Lord says, go and speak to him. And she was wondering in her heart, what will I go and talk to him? I don't know who he is. I don't know from where he has come. What will I talk? I don't even know the language. But the Holy Spirit said, go. The lady was walking with her family, stopped, this, stopped in front of this man, and started to speak in tongues. Because she never knew anything else to do. To the amazement of the family, they found the elderly man replying to her. 
They never knew what was happening to the family. They never knew anything. The grandmother was spoke that the Russian man re replied to her. She spoke. For one minute, there was a conversation taking place between this unknown lady and this Russian man, and then the lady continued to walk. And they said, Grandma, what happened? She said, I don't know. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. God met that elderly man at the point of his need in an occasion like that. God can use any way, any time. He is only asking you, are you obedient when I give you the speech for you to speak and not be afraid to speak in the heavenly language? You don't have to be afraid. All you need to do is say, God, let, let, let it flow. Let it flow, God. And just open your mouth and say, Lord, to you be the glory and the honor. You have done it. I'll give you one more example. In our church, in 2001, while I was, when I was new in the church, the pastor of the church was very strict. No speaking in tongues. Pentecostal church. If you speak in tongues, there must be somebody who has interpretation. Only then tongues could be spoken. So there was a rule. Even one day he called all the leaders and he says, tongues will be only spoken if there is interpretation. Service was going on and suddenly one American man started. And everyone started looking out. Because normally the man who, who did interpretation was not there. So pastor looked after this man spoke. Pastor looked and there was no interpreter. And pastor was a little bit uneasy. Because tongues were spoken, no interpretation there. And suddenly, an Indian lady got up from a chair. She said, that man is speaking my language. This is what he spoke to the glory of God. <laughs> that is our God. That is our God. But the thing is, you don't be afraid. If this man had just stayed quiet, gone. The God, the Lord gave him. But there's a rule, not more than three. That's scriptural. But God met them at the point of need. Number three is... Power. We've seen manifested. We've seen supernatural. And now it's power. Power for what? What is this power for? The power is for boldness to witness. That's the reason you need power. The Spirit gives you the power for you to have boldness to witness to the glory of God. Now, we must understand these disciples were born again. But they had no boldness at, up till now. They received insight of the scriptures. We've seen they received power. They received insight of the scripture. We find now Peter explaining the scriptures automatically. And then we find they received insight and they received instantly, not tomorrow morning. If you are receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you will speak today. Instantly, God will give you the grace they came alive. The scriptures came alive. Pay attention now. Very important. After this event of the Pentecost Sunday, we find Peter never went back again to fishing. Resurrected Sunday, he went. Pentecost Sunday, Peter never spoke about fishing again. You never see it in the Bible. Isn't it beautiful when you are filled with the Holy Spirit? The things of the world will not matter to you. Even though they are there, the things of God will matter to you most of all. Amen? Now, we see God the Father in creation breathe into the lump of clay and giving life. In Resurrection Sunday, we see God the Son breathe into the disciples and they, re they receive life. Now we see the Holy Spirit 
breathing onto them, and they are receiving extraordinary power. You see the creation? We see all the three dispensations. We see God the Father, we see God the Son, and now we see the manifestation of God the Holy Spirit taking place. Amen? I want to quickly show you something because I'm running short of time. Okay. In the Resurrection Sunday, okay, in the Resurrection Sunday, we see the resurrected Christ. On Pentecost Sunday, we see the ascended, glorified Christ. Resurrection Sunday, resurrected Christ. Pentecost Sunday, glo ascended, glorified Christ. Resurrection Sunday, we see the inbreathed of the Spirit. On Pentecost Sunday, we see the outpour of the Spirit. You seen that? And on, res on Resurrection Sunday, we see result is life. And on Pentecost Sunday, we see power. The Spirit received, but on these two occasions. Now, one more we have to see, slide, understand this. On Resurrection Sunday, it is for an individual. It is between you and your maker. You understand that? It's between you and God. On Resurrection Sunday, you receive the seal of Christ. Amen? Number two, you receive the seal of the Holy Spirit. Did not he breathe into them the Holy Spirit? The seal of the Holy Spirit. Number three, you receive sonship or daughtership into the kingdom of God. Number four, uh, that's actually wrong. The fourth one is you'll receive eternal life. Sorry, that's not sonship. Both. You'll receive eternal life in Resurrection Sunday. Now, on the Pentecost Sunday, we see you have seal for power. Number one, you receive the seal for receiving the gifts of God. Number three, you see, you receive the seal for evangelism. That is growth. Number four, next one, you see the seal to overcome all the powers of darkness. That's what the Holy Spirit gives you. And last, you receive the seal to bear fruit. Resurrection Sunday, Pentecostal Sunday. Infilling of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. Amen. Now, both are God's purposes for the church. Both are for God's purposes. You must understand one very important fact now. This is the most important thing. In fact, if you have experienced, please pay attention. Now, this is the main place for you. If you have experienced the Resurrection Sunday, what does it mean? If you have given your life to Christ, that is the Resurrection Sunday. If you have experienced the Resurrection Sunday, it does not mean you should refuse the Pentecost Sunday, the infilling of the Spirit. So those of you, you say, I have received Jesus, I have given my life to Jesus, I have believed in God, I am forgiven. It means you should not neglect the Pentecost Sunday. You have to desire the Pentecost Sunday. That should be your desire. Now, it is clear. Now, the Baptist, the Baptist Christians say, I have received the Holy Spirit when I got saved. He is right. He has received it, but he has not got it all. Amen? He has received it, but he has not got everything. And every born-again child of God has received the Holy Spirit when he or she gave his life. But according to the scripture, they need the second experience. So all of you who are here today, you have given your life to Christ. You must desire the second experience. You cannot be and cannot walk around without the second experience. You got it now. 
and that's the experience of the indwelling of the holy spirit amen now we are going to close if you are here today and you have not given your life to christ the halter is going to be open come quickly and say because you have heard the truth we cannot do the study of the holy spirit if we cannot have the the basics done the basic is i need to have given my life to christ number 1 now those of you who have given your life to christ you need to desire the infilling of the holy spirit so can i ask the congregation to stand please pastor i ask the congregation to stand we will we will sing the song pour out your spirit and if you're not giving your life to christ don't be afraid today is your day in order for you to get the, the full package come forward the second call is you have received christ but for some reason you have not received the infilling but you have gone into your own way you have gone back you are backslidden you have walked away you can still come forward and say i want to rededicate my life to christ today don't sit down there don't sit there pour out your spirit pour out your spirit pour out your spirit on me minute he is calling one more time it is your day today is the day let heaven be populated with one more soul and if you are the only one who have not given your life to christ you have not given your life to christ come forward and if you have given your life to christ but you are not walking right you are one day here one day there doing whatever you want come forward don't put christ to shame the enemy is defeated pour out your spirit pour out your spirit pour out your spirit on me pour out your spirit pour out your spirit pour out your spirit on me spirit move lift up your hands and move the moving of the holy ghost Yeah. Ra 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 ra
La mama kote gele mama bush. La sakatanda la brava bush. Lift up your hearts. Receive a fresh infilling. Come on now. Masakatanda la brava mama bush. Holy Ghost. Alaba coach. Le mama kosa tanda la braka waranta la gabush. Orat your spirit. Orat your spirit. Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. Lift up your hearts right now. Holy Spirit. Sweep over every soul. My everyone that I'm speaking tongue for the next one or two minutes just begin to worship God the Holy Ghost is moving right now and for those that believe God to speak in tongues today this is your day of salvation this is your day of visitation let your tongue be loosed let your tongue be loosed let your tongue be loosed that's the Holy Ghost sweeping over the church Sweeping over the church. Yes. Somebody's busting forth in the Holy Ghost. New tongues for you. New tongues for you. That's the infilling of the Holy Ghost. There's a sweeping over your soul. Holy Ghost. Do your walk. Your quick walk. Cut it short in righteousness. Yes, that's the fire. Somebody take the fire now. Masote kabaradosh. Le katagaga bohanda la gagosha. Le raba sokotando lo brakata la gagosh. Le galamama koshakatando. Sweep, Holy Ghost. Sweep over the church. Sweep over every soul. Liaka sakatandosh. Masolabababosha kalamosh. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' precious name. Please open your mouth and speak as the Spirit giveth you utterance. That's what the Bible says. There is always an utterance. Speak it. As you are going home in the car, speak it. As you get home today, speak it. I decree your tongue loosed in the name of Jesus. Amen. From today, the ministry of the Holy Ghost that manifests in the speaking of other tongues becomes your Lord in the name of Jesus. Now we have been told today that we are limited. That's the word. We are limited without this ministry of the Holy Ghost. We are limited. That's what we have seen today. I like us to desire a feeling. Now you see, in Acts chapter 4, after the Pentecost encounter, and I'm sure Brother Claudia will still take that, after the Pentecost encounter, they were praying, and they were filled again. They were filled again. 
Holy Ghost, fill me up again and again and again and again. Somebody want to pray that prayer now? Fill me up again and again and again that I will never run dry. I will never run dry. Why not power it up in the Holy Ghost? One second. I will never run dry again. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Go in peace. Let the blessing that you have received from the lost table today never depart from you. In the name of Jesus, you shall no longer be limited in the journey of life. In the name of Jesus. Now, I said something to NG4C yesterday, and I believe I need to say it here. The difference between our faith and their faith is the supernatural. The difference between our faith and their faith, they call it the Buddhist faith. They call it the Islamic faith. They call it any faith they call it. The difference between our faith and their faith is the supernatural. What you have received today will make a difference in your life. Let me hear a louder amen. This gift and baptism of the Holy Spirit is the difference between one believer and the other. Is the difference. Is the difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. Is the difference. Is the difference. The reason we say our case is different is nothing but the presence of the Holy Ghost. Why? He teaches you all things. He brings you from the unknown to the known. He reveals all truth to you and causes your star to rise. This week, your star will shine. Whatever has been held down your life, I command it loose today. In the name of Jesus. This shall be your week of good news. Shall be your week of favor. Shall be your week of dramatic turnaround. In the name of Jesus. Go in peace. Next week Friday, return with testimonies. Your testimony shall be the biggest. In Jesus' precious name. Let's share the grace in fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. Amen. My bountiful harvest is sure as I commit to tirelessly labor for souls. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week ahead. See you on the vigil night by 10.30 p.m. Amen.